This is Sound and Vision from KEXP. Musician and producer St. Vincent is out with her seventh studio album. It's called Daddy's Home, and it was inspired by the music of the 70s. It's a long way back KEXP's Cheryl Waters recently caught up with St. Vincent to talk about the record. This whole world of music and 1971 to 76 kind of music made in New York City that is sophisticated but so musical and speaking to the heart. Um, it's a style that I've it's been in my ears since I was a kid and that I love and that I hold with a lot of reverence and high regard. You know, the, the Stevie Wonder records, Steely Dan records, Lie in the Family Stone, that kind of stuff. I feel like I was finally ready to approach it as a musician. Like I'd sort of had come to a place where I had the kind of depth to speak that language a little bit. So I, I approached it with just, you know, very humbly, honestly, I studied Stevie Wonder. Um, I studied those chord progressions. And then the rest of it was just um, kind of flowed, just flowed out. It sounds like a lot of it was like going back to school, although you mind a lot from your memories, it sounds like as well. But you do seem to approach things in a very studious way. I read some interviews about some of the things that you were doing in the last year during the pandemic, and you sort of brushed up like on Russian literature. <laughs> and, um, it, was it sort of an academic process, even though this started from a very emotional place, mining your memories of music and a period of time in your life? Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it academic. And I, you know, I want to make it clear, I did plenty of Netflix and chill as well. But I, but in between working on this record and, uh, and realizing that I really needed to, to know more about 19th and 20th century Russian history, um, I did, I, I, I just kind of looked at the chord progressions. I mean, I studied the harmony, which I know this might be kind of a boring thing for, for listeners, but I, I, I have enough musical theory to kind of know oh okay this goes here and that goes there and that's why this is so interesting and that's why this is a real subvertive thing to do but more than that I mean I just kind of have ears and I've always just more more relied on those than anything too academic but yeah no I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call it an ac- academic exercise although it was, it was pretty nerdy but um it really, the music came for me from a really emotional place. And um, I just wanted to make something beautiful. I wanted the music to feel like, like, hey, come on in, sit up, you know, sit in the beat up leather armchair and I'll pour you a drink and let's have a, you know, a gallows laugh and a, and a, and a chat and a cry, you know. Um, you've said, as I would consider you a student of history, that you were also drawn to the 70s due to the parallels of social unrest and that were happening in that decade. And it's very similar to what we're experiencing today. And I know it can be easy for many people to gloss over the issues of the past and instead view it with rose-colored glasses. And are you hoping to draw those parallels for your listeners in this record? Well, I, I do try to be a student of history because it helps me I mean, it helps me understand where we are now or try to understand why we are where we are now and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at you look at the early 70s, you know, there's civil rights happening and there was 
women's rights happening and gay rights happening and tremendous economic instability and just a sense of unease the the like flowery idea of the 60s and the utopian thing had crumbled and things seemed like they were really gritty and art art was great life life was bad but art was great um and i think you know we we're absolutely still dealing with with the same issues and the same tumult and the same injustices um now and even more i think economic instability and things like that so i think maybe subconsciously i was drawn to that era because it feels like oh, okay there's there's some real parallels to that well you said earlier that your goal was to just really make something beautiful and i have to tell you the vocalists that worked with you on this record are absolutely mind-blowing who are those angels oh they're so great um so Lynn Fidmont, who has sung with everybody, I mean, Stevie Wonder, and also um, Kenya Hathaway, who is Donnie Hathaway's daughter. So I found them and invited them in. And luckily, we had started the process before the pandemic hit. So I got to actually know them and spend time with them and, you know, get a vibe and get to hear them in the studio and so yeah, I mean, so much, it was so fun for write, to write for other voices besides my own and, and to have that their voices really be a point and counterpoint and a, a real conversation between us. I mean, sometimes I think of them as like an incredulous best friend. Sometimes I think of them as like a truly like an angel on my shoulder. Sometimes they're a Greek chorus who's omniscient. It was just uh, a dialogue, truly a dialogue. Well, they add so much warmth to the record. And it's funny that you say it's like a dialogue because watching you perform on Saturday Night Live, it looked like a dialogue, um, even though you were singing. It, it's truly beautiful. Sometimes you see <laughs> there's there's sort of an, an unfortunate background singer trope where they're hidden in the background and just kind of there to quietly make the lead singer look good. <laughs> I was like, you guys sing so good, you make me look bad, but I don't even care. Like, you guys get front and center. You know, this is about our conversation. When they're saying, what do you want? They're talking to me. And I'm telling them, you know what I want, you know. Um, and same with Melting of the Sun. They just, I just pictured them as like angels pulling me from a narcotic coma. It's just the melting of the sun. Well, I do have to say, I've been incredibly drawn to the song The Melting of the Sun, and it's like a love letter to women mistreated or ultimately destroyed by the industry, and you name drop Nina Simone, Joni Mitchell, Tori Amos, Marilyn Monroe, and Jane Mansfield. Proud Nina got subpoenaed, singing me 
Mississippi, good goddamn. How do you carry their stories with you as you navigate your own career? Well, I want to I, I wanna say I'm incredibly moved by them as artists. It's not my intention in any way to couch them as, as victims. I'm saying thank you for the work that you made. Their work is so deep and it's given me so much. And, and, and in certain ways, whether it was Nina Simone speaking out about civil rights or Toriumus speaking about sexual assault and being punished for, for, for being honest, you know. Tori told her story. Holy said they couldn't catch the man. I just wanted to say thank you for, for being brave and being authentically yourselves, even when the world was hostile to that. You made my life easier as a female artist, and I hope that I make the next generation's life easier too. That's that's really it. And that's um I'm not trying to be hubristic like putting myself in among their ranks or anything. I just as a saying thank you, you know. That was St. Vincent speaking with KEXP's Cheryl Waters about her new album, Daddy's Home. St. Vincent also shared a DJ mix that KEXP is airing today at 11.30 a.m. Pacific. If you missed it, you can listen at the archive at kexp.org or go to kexp.org slash listen. And that was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And if you have the means, consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks for listening.